0: Grace and peace be with you in Jesus' name. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This is God's word for us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, wherever we are today, we come to you, we come into your presence and ask that you would do business with us. Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts, soften our hearts, sanctify us with your truth, for this your word is truth. Amen. Last Sunday, Jesus Christ issued every one of you with a challenge, a challenge that is still very much on the table today and it's a challenge that you're going to face your whole life, every day, no matter what's going on in your life. He didn't ask you about your doctrine. He didn't ask you about your denominational affiliations. He didn't ask you about your neighbours or your family members. He came to you and he asked you personally this question, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? We know how Peter answered, He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It wasn't a flesh and blood moment or a flesh and blood confession on Peter's part. It was the Father that revealed this to Peter and reveals the same to you today, again, through his word and the power of the Holy Spirit. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is the one and only Christ, not a Christ. He's not one of many Christ's. He is the Christ. He's the Christ who people run miles for just to touch his garments. He's the one who multitudes fall at his feet seeking the kind of help that only the Messiah can place in the empty hands of broken and sinful people. The one who makes powers and rulers and authorities cower and hide because of his supremacy and lordship over all things. In Mark's Gospel it says that whenever the unclean spirits saw Jesus, they would fall down at his feet and say, You are the Son of God. Now, these kind of reactions shouldn't surprise us. It shouldn't surprise us that people and even the forces of spiritual darkness would find themselves reverently face down in the presence of the King of Kings. You see, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah and the Son of the living God, what you're actually saying is this. Jesus, you alone are my Lord and my King. You are the only real answer to all the question marks I I face in my life this side of heaven. There is nothing higher, there is nothing greater, there is nothing more important than who you are and what you've done and continue to do for me every single day and for all who believe in your name and who will call on you. Do you realise that there are some pretty big implications if you make that confession? There are very big implications for your life. Today this same Lord and this same King issues an invitation to you to follow him. And I don't know about you, but that creates in me a kind of nervous tension and anxiety. It doesn't leave me unaffected. It gives me a dose of reverent trembling. And it should do that. After really hearing what Jesus is saying in this text, it should give us all every reason to stop. To stop what we're doing and to think about where we're at in our journey of discipleship, of following Jesus What about you? Are you willing to follow Jesus? Are you willing to throw your life away in order to find it? Are you willing to take up your cross and follow him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Is that what Peter was thinking in the gospel? You know, Jesus called him rock after his great confession. That's the name Peter, pebble, rock. And then when Jesus starts talking about the absolute necessity of his own cross-bearing, of his own death and resurrection, Peter breaks almost every social boundary that there is by rebuking Jesus. The student put himself in the place of the master. He thinks that he gets it, and he thinks that Jesus, the Messiah and the Son of the living God, doesn't get it and he needs a lesson in theology. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. That's a strong word. Began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely, merely human concerns. He went from a rock to a stumbling block, even a satanic stumbling rock in a matter of just minutes. Why? Jesus says it's because of a mind filled with human-centred concerns rather than the things of God. Because Satan is the inspiration behind people obsessing over greatness and success of what they want, God is the inspiration behind godly concern, behind humility and behind a servant heart. How sobering is that? How sobering is it that a person, you or me, can go from confessing great cosmic truth to becoming a satanic stumbling block to others so quickly because of the desires and the obsessions of the human heart? And so Jesus uses this moment to teach disciples what authentic, what real discipleship looks like. And this kind of discipleship, this radical discipleship is radically different to the natural inclination of your heart today. Radically different. And that means it won't come without pain. It means it won't come without sacrifice. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to come behind me, that's what the text actually says. If anyone wants to come behind me, that person must turn away from oneself and take up one's cross and live a life following me. If anyone wants to come behind me, that person must turn away from oneself and take up one's cross and live a life following me. Have you ever seen a shop or a business with a sign up out the front that says, under new management? Seen that? That's what's on, what, that's, that is what is on offer for each one of you today. That's the offer. And maybe it seems strange that Jesus would invite seasoned disciples like you to get behind him today and follow, to come under new management. Maybe that sounds like a surprise, but know, know this, that this is just a daily reality for the people of God. It's a daily reality. It's like getting up in the morning and putting on your clothes. But how often do you find yourself instinctively jumping into the manager role and falling out of formation behind Jesus? You know, we are so used to doing it, we probably don't even notice that we are constantly grappling for control in all kinds of situations and every facet of life, even in the church. If this wasn't true, if this wasn't true, what Jesus is saying today, then the church wouldn't experience conflict over worship. It wouldn't experience conflict over worship times. There wouldn't be constant remarks about all the things that people think we should be doing and the ministries that people think we shouldn't be involved in as a church. It wouldn't happen. Have you noticed that people rarely talk about the joy of ministry? They rarely talk about the joy of ministry and that got me asking the question, why is that? Why don't people talk about the joys of ministry? Why is it always negative? Is it because people in the church, you as well as me, are constantly falling out of formation and trying to steer the ship where we want it to go? Coming back into formation behind Jesus, turning away from self, is God's way of actually releasing you from the grip of human concerns that get in the way of following Jesus. It's giving up on yourself as the Lord of your own lunchbox or the Lord of your own thinking, being Lord in your own head and coming under new management, coming under holy management. And this isn't like giving up chocolate over Lent. That pales in significance. You wouldn't even talk about doing that again. Uh, if, if you're actually serious about this, because it is the realisation and the acknowledgement that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And I don't mean one part of your life, I mean every facet of your life. There is no part of your walk as a disciple that does not submit itself to Jesus and his authority in your life. Even when the human heart fights and struggles to subordinate itself behind Jesus. When push comes to shove, the choices you make in life, even your way of life, will be ruled by where your allegiance lies. That's why it's easier, it's much easier to call Jesus Christ Saviour than to get on your knees and to declare that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your King. It's hard to walk behind and not try to push your way to the front when things aren't happening the way you'd like them to. Here's the thing. Authentic discipleship operates behind Jesus, not in front of him. It says, I'm not the Lord of my life. Jesus Christ is Lord. Even when I don't like what Jesus is calling me to be, even when I don't like what Jesus is calling me to do. Peter, he didn't want to hear of Jesus' suffering. He didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to hear that at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law that Jesus would have to suffer and die and he rebuked the Son of God. It wasn't the kind of following that Peter had in mind. You know, today, I hope you're with me on this, but thank God Peter didn't get his own way. Thank God human will... Human desire didn't win out the day. Thank God that Jesus is the one leading here and Jesus is the one that goes before the people of God, before you and before me. From that time on, verse 21 says, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go, that it is necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders The chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day and then be raised unto life. He must go. He must go. It is necessary. It is absolutely necessary that Jesus suffers and dies for your sins. Necessary that the old Adam with all those control and lordship issues is crucified on the cross. Necessary that all of the heart's obsessions for worldly greatness and success and my way are left at the foot of the cross and are exchanged for what is truly great. Truly great. It's also necessary that Jesus be raised from death, because you're not, followed to, you're not called to follow a dead Christ. You're not called to follow an idea or someone's concept, but the man, the person, Jesus Christ. Jesus who was raised and who lives forever. Jesus who calls you personally to come in formation behind himself. Jesus, who you were personally united with in your baptism when you came under new management. It's in the baptismal rite. Depart from this person, you unclean spirits, and make way for the Holy Spirit in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's part of our baptismal rite and it's about coming under new management. Jesus is present with his disciples. He's present with you. He's present with you every step of your journey through this life because we do not worship an absent Christ, but we worship Jesus who says, Surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. And that means, friends, when you take up your cross, you don't walk alone, but you walk in the nearness and the presence of Jesus. He is near. When people laugh at you, when people laugh at you for not taking advantage of a situation or a person because you know it's deceitful or wrong in God's sight, even though the world would have applauded or at least affirmed your actions, Jesus is present with you. When you give your money away to meet a real need and you feel it because you had plans to save it or spend it yourself, it costs you something, it hurts, Jesus is with you when you face rejection or mockery because you live a simple life or because you have a simple faith in Jesus who is the Christ, the Son of the living God, he is present with you. Blessed are you when you are persecuted because of me. He's there when you're worried. He's there when you're anxious about people or things outside of your control. Jesus is present with you when you carry the cross of bad health or when people talk about you, or they talk about your family behind your back, he is pre- present and near. You all know full well, you know our crosses are many. Our crosses are many, but Jesus is greater and the rewards of being found in him are out of this world, to a perishing world. Living under the cross has the appearance of losing everything that's good in life, as if you're throwing your life away, flushing it down the toilet. Today, Jesus says that living this throwaway life under the cross, coming in behind him and following and believing that Jesus is right in what he's teaching, you will actually save your life. It's not a throwaway life at all. And at the final judgment, everyone will see who actually wins and who really loses in life. Everything will become clear on that day when Jesus comes, like he said in the Gospel reading, with his angels. Or In First Thessalonians, when you see the Son of Man descending on the clouds, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says that today when he says, what good will it do a person to have won the whole world but to have lost one's own life? And when he says that, he's talking about eternal life, eternal things, not temporal things, not the things of this world. They don't add up. Eternal life. But it's going to require effort on your part. You need to know that. It's going to cost you something. It's going to hurt. It's going to take sacrifice. It means that you won't always get your own way. And in exchange, you will find real life. You'll discover the true joy of ministry and service with God, that privilege of serving the Son of the living God and the Messiah and you will walk in the confidence of the glory that awaits the people of God on that final judgment day. I want to finish today by saying that Jesus has issued a personal invitation to each one of you today. There's no one here who that invitation doesn't go out to. All of you received it. To come in behind him, to submit and follow him, to come once again under new management, it's a question from Jesus, it's not a demand. And if you're willing to do that, just know that the path, it's not set by you, it's set by the Lord. The path is God's path. It's not a human path. It's paved by Jesus And that's exactly the reason that when you follow it, you will find life and ultimately win the prize that God has prepared for the people he loves so much that he died for on the cross. And that leaves me with one question to leave you with today, one question, and that is, are you content to follow behind Jesus? Are you content to walk behind him or do you want to do it your own way? May God grant that you choose his way and choose life. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus, your Messiah, your King, the Son of the living God. Amen.